0: tough defeat Tuesday as British Parliament overwhelmingly rejected her Brexit deal with the European Union. A dejected May has words for the Parliament. It
1: is clear that the House does not support this deal, but tonight's vote tells us nothing about what it does support.
0: May's withdrawal agreement went down by a vote of 432 to 202. This is USA Radio News. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Shield, another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com.
2: Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
0: There are no tears at the White House as news that an Iranian missile launch was a failure. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has the details from Washington.
3: The Iranian rocket did lift off on
4: Tuesday, but scientists there say it failed to succeed at putting a satellite into orbit in a launch that was previously criticized by the United States as helping the Islamic Republic further develop its ballistic missile program. The scientists say the satellite failed to reach the necessary speed in the third stage of its launch. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has alleged that Iran's space program is helping it develop a missile capable of carrying a nuclear weapon to the mainland U.S.
0: Today is the 10th anniversary of the miracle on the Hudson plane landing in New York City. Captain Sully Sullenberger helped guide a U.S. Airways flight into the Hudson River. A flock of geese disabled the engine moments after taking off from LaGuardia. All 155 passengers on the plane did survive. You're listening to USA Radio News.
2: It's the Las Vegas
4: debut of Global Winter Wonderland.
0: It's amazing. We're blown away. All the lights, all the colors. My
4: son is absolutely loving it. Our friends, we're all having a great time. This is awesome. And the entertainment is amazing. It's so creative and different. And I'm from New York, and I've never seen anything like this in New York.
0: Everybody come out and see it. It's gorgeous, and don't miss it. Open
4: through January 21st outside the Rio Hotel and Casino. Visit GlobalWonderland.com for details. Discount tickets at Walgreens.
5: Hey, football fans, don't miss out on the final KSHP Touchdown Showdown of the season. The NFL prohibits us from using the name of the game, but will be played on February 3rd and rhymes with drooper droll. There will be super prizes each quarter, but the contest bowl is limited to 100 squares. So tune in to the Radio Shopping Show for details on how to earn a square and then grab a spot on the couch with a super big bowl of chips on February 3rd and maybe you'll hit pay dirt in the KSHP Touchdown Showdown. Looking for laughs? Check out the LA Comedy Club at the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino. The LA Comedy Club features The Redneck Comedy Magic of James Michael Wednesday through Monday at 6 p.m. The Marshall Warfield Experience Wednesdays and Thursdays at 10 p.m. and headliner Butch Bradley Friday through Tuesday at 10 p.m. The LA Comedy Club also has shows every night at 8 p.m. starring comedians from Comedy Central and Showtime. The LA Comedy Club at the world-famous Stratosphere Hotel and Casino.
3: 'Cause I'm ready
4: to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub with your host Ian Rockelli on KSHP AM 1400 or stream the show live at kshp.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian
1: Rakelli. Kelly, Welcome, everybody, to KSHP 1400 AM. I am your host, Ian Kelly. This is Vegas Sports Hub. We have a lot of hot takes to talk about in the world of sports. We're going to get right into football, as that was the most entertaining thing in this entire weekend. And my guest for tonight, I have Mark Hayes from KSHP. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Ian. Thanks for having me. And then we also have my co-host. We got Ethan. Hello. And we got Stevie running the board. How you doing, boys? Uh, doing pretty good. Now, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the NFL because we had the divisional round last week. And we're going to start out with the Cowboys and the Rams. Now, this was a – I'm not going to say it was a close game because it wasn't even from the very beginning. But when it comes to the Cowboys and the Rams, Mark, what was your thoughts on the uh, Rams-Cowboys game? Uh,
3: one name. first uh, two Two initials, last name, Anderson. CJ Anderson, big. He got cut by the Panthers. Was in Oakland. Got released by Oakland. Comes to the Rams as a backup to T, uh, Todd Gurley, and rushes for combined two hundred and thirty-eight
6: yards. Well, let's not forget he spent five years in Denver. Yeah,
3: I mean, so, I mean, he's a veteran. He's, he won, he's he a got, veteran. He has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, he's a veteran. But if you would have asked me or anybody that follows football, CJ Anderson was going to rush for a hundred yards in his first game with the Rams. The answer probably would have been no. No. Just yeah, because I, I agree with just that. because of the simple fact that he he's on the streets, right? He was on the streets, got yeah. cut by the Raiders. And then one of the biggest games, playoff seat games, you don't think a kid that that was on the streets, I always say on the streets because he was sitting on the couch, he was at home, and he came <laughs> and behind one of the leading rushers in the NFL, he even outrushed Ezekiel Elliott who is one of the top rushers. Who leads the
1: league in uh, rushing yards this year. And
3: so that, to me, was the difference. They were able to run the ball, right? They were able to run the ball. They were able to pound the ball with the defense. The front seven of the Dallas Cowboys is one of the top defensive line in the National Football League.
1: They were top ten entering uh, this postseason. And so
3: when you put those two together and you get Todd Gurley and you get C.J. Anderson, that's – to me is a degree for uh, something special what the Rams have put together.
1: I agree with you on CJ Anderson because this Cowboys defense was preparing for Todd Gurley. They were going everything for Todd Gurley. But when CJ Anderson showed up, it was like a brick wall just hit him head force. And then let's also think about this. Todd Gurley, he also had a very good game as well. So it was like when Anderson hit him, Gurley was at one, two punch.
3: Well, in the national football league, if you can run the ball, you got a chance to win the game. And that's the that's a proven. If you can run the ball now, if you have a two headed monster, C.J. Anderson, Todd Gurley, if again, if you would have asked anybody going into this playoff game, if C.J. Anderson would have rushed for a hundred yards in that game, the odds over and under would have been under.
1: Well, see, and here is the thing about a one two monster because I agree with you here because you got the uh, Gurley Anderson in L.A. You have um, Sony Michelle and James White in New England. You had Cohan and Howard in Chicago. And then you got Camorra and Ingram in New England and New Orleans. So when you have New Orleans and all these guys, it makes a lot of sense that the running game is back to where it used to be. Because yes. a couple of years ago, it was not really that much, uh, you know, it wasn't high-powered, the running game. It was mainly passing. But now it has been brought back. And I say the Rams, the Saints, and even the Bears are a main reason for that.
3: Yeah. Well, when you have a a high-powered offense, which we know the Rams are high-powered, they can throw the ball 50 times, pass for three or 400 yards on any given day. But when you got a running back that can – the running game, what it does, Ian, is it actually milks the clock. And a team wants to milk the clock. So run the clock, run the ball. If you're averaging four or five yards per carry – And you can get two two carries, a first down each time. You can run that clock all the way down. And the score doesn't compare to what the game really was. That that score is kind of, you know, the Cowboys got some late touchdowns at the end. But this Rams team, with the addition of C.J. Anderson, and another thing that we – they that stepped up their defense played well their defense played really well when you when you shut down the leading rusher in the the national football and Ezekiel Elliott and you you hold Dak Prescott also who's a runner to under 40 50 yards the Rams right now I think they're playing their best football which is the time you want to play in the playoffs not in the you know at the end of the regular season they had some struggles but I think right now that team is rolling and I, I gotta say i got a, a real good friend of mine who's there he is a coach and i i speak with him once a week and they're rolling right now i mean everything is in the favor of the rams
1: and they are on the roll heading to the superdome to face the saints which brings me up to the eagles and saints game that happened on sunday now i will be the first one to man up and say that yes i did lose the i said the eagles were going to win but the saints did However, as a Chicago Bears fan, I'm just gonna say one quick thing before I throw it to Mark. Alshon Jeffrey, you do not have the best hands in the league. Well, you
5: uh, see,
3: well, it happens. Um, it's it's football. I mean, you know, just like the kicker in Chicago, I'm sure you give him another opportunity at that same kick and he makes it. It happens. It's it's it's, it's hum- these, are, these are human beings. These are people that uh, catch for a living. Do you mm-hmm. think he would have wanted to make that catch? He makes it. He makes it ninety nine out of hundred times. I
1: mean, and definitely he want. And definitely he would want to make that catch. Of course. But the reason why I'm bringing this up because when he was in Chicago, he was very arrogant. Like he right. kept on bragging about how he had the best hands in the league. So as a Chicago Bears fan, and the way that he did lead the Bears in a very rude way, uh, it kind of made me uh, smile. Happy. Yeah, it made me happy. <laughs> and also the fact the Eagles knocked out the Bears yeah. last week also kind of.
3: You know, and one and one thing that we forget as fans and people that love the sport of football, those guys are, uh, you know, paid to do a job, and when they don't do that job well, they get ridiculed. I again, Alshon Jeffrey's a great football player. Some people wanted to see him fail because of the the whole Bears situation, but when you look at him as a player and as a uh, what happened in that game, again. Throw that ball to him a uh, hundred times, he'll probably catch it 99. And that, and he, because he did make some great catches in that game.
1: And he made, you know, two or three really good catches. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and the you,
3: one that counted, he dropped.
1: But when you speak of mishaps, the Indian Kansas City game is something mm. that I want to bring up. Because Adam Vinatieri, he was perfect before this weekend 69 for 69. And, well, for, uh, Extra point attempts. Right, he missed today. Right, and the thing is, he is going to be a future Hall of Famer, no yeah. doubt. Three, uh, he won uh, four Super Bowls, so of course oh. he's going to, you know, be in the Hall of Fame. But I get your point about that. Is that people are ridiculing him, but Adam Vitale is a future Hall of Famer. Yeah,
3: of course. I mean, it, it, you know, and one thing about sports as being a former athlete in college and having the opportunity to uh, be in a professional locker room. You see, you can tell when a guy is really serious and dedicated about their craft. And then you see guys that are just kind of there going with the motions. And you have a lot of those guys in the national football league where they're there for probably have a good agent. They're there because, uh, a coach knew him from college. It's it's so many reasons that some of those guys really have it good. And when they do make mistakes and I look at football, Those guys have been, you know, are human and, you know, like Adam automatic. If you think, look at his stats and look at his history, um, he's probably one of the best. I would put more Anderson in that, that category as well. He's probably one of the best kickers that we've seen in this decade, um, can count on him for making a field goal. And when he does miss it, we take it and we use that as, Oh, he's not Adam no more. He's not that good. So the negative part of it is football. It's sports in general. But when you start looking from the inside of what these guys are doing, um, you're going to get mistakes. You're going to get, you're going to get missed field goals. You're going to get dropped passes, but they're human. Right, um, they're not supernatural. They have mistakes, and they and that's that's what happened in, in some of these playoff games. But I don't think Adams or uh, Alshon Jeffrey's mistake decided those games. No,
1: no, it did not. And then the but that's the thing about the Eagles game is that it wasn't Alshon Jeffrey's drop that caused that. No, I mean they were up fourteen nothing, and Sean Payton basically pulled out all the trick plays, everything that he had in his back pocket to win that game.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean I mean we have I mean, you know, when you get to this part of the year, this part of the season, it's a it, it's a fun time, you know, you don't have next week so one game you're done and you move on and now we're into the championship round and you got uh number 1 versus number 2 and number 1 versus number 2. That's what the people wanted to see.
1: And I am uh here with Marques from KSHP talking about the uh, NFL divisional round. And then the final game we have not talked about was the New England Patriots and Los Angeles Chargers. Now, if you look at just the box score and the stats, it looks closer than it really was on TV because it was a blowout from the very beginning.
3: Well, the Chargers had a Cinderella year. I, um, I'm, i you know, again, L.A., you're L.A. kid. You, you rooted for San Diego Chargers. You rooted for the Oakland Raiders. You rooted for the Los Angeles Rams when they came back and before they left. But the Chargers, again, they ran up against Big Bad Brady, superhero. I mean, you got Brady and Belichick, and you have, uh, you know, it's hard to beat. I think Phillip Rivers probably got as far as he's probably going to get in his career. I really thought he would go and upset the Patriots. I I was kind of rooting for him to do that before he gets to the final of his career. But the Chargers were no match for the Patriots.
6: Mark, let me ask you this. Do you think Philip Rivers is done after this year? Do you think he will be retiring?
3: Mentally, no. Physically, his body might. He takes he took some hits in the, the this season. I think mentally, no. But physically, he might be done. I mean, football is a a sport that you only can take so much in your body. And I think once he takes this time and looks at his career and looks at his the people around to players, will they have the same team next year? probably not players leave players go to get more money i think uh, rivers is if he is going to come back it's going to be one more year and maybe he'll retire after that just from his body his mental his mentality is like any athlete we we want to play in as long as we get in a check and long as we get an opportunity to wake up and go play our sport we want to keep doing it but i think enough is probably kind of the eli manny situation they might those guys are rich and they got money so you know football is kind of their livelihood, so I think uh, mentally he wants to come back. Physically, can his body do it? Is going to probably be the question,
1: right? Because there has been reports that the Chargers are pursuing a quarterback in the draft next year to surpass Phil Rivers, and also he's the fourth oldest quarterback in the NFL, so that could factor in as well.
6: Well, so if that's the case, then he could basically just sit on the bench as the backup and only sign one year contract deals.
3: Yeah. Right. Well, he'll get you know that's one thing about when you when you um, are playing in the any sport and you've done as much as he's done, he's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Once he does stop playing, he'll be on that first ballot, but he could still go at uh, 32 teams in the national football league. He can probably go to 20 teams or 25 teams and be a starter, you know, but can his body take it? That, that that's, that's what uh, I've i seen and been around a lot of players after they're done and they play too long and their body just don't take it. So I I don't know if he wants to hold a clipboard, so <laughs> you know at, at his stage in his career he's done everything but win a Super Bowl. So that'll be something to kind of keep our eye on as the season and the the fall camps and training camps start back up. Draft is after the you know after the draft starts and see what happens and what they get. But you know it's not a lot of backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. <laughs> no, not, really. <laughs> that yeah, not are, really. That are that are good. Yeah. <laughs> so Very yeah. True. And well, uh, he
6: is undoubtedly a Hall of Famer. Yeah. When he ballad. is done. He's yeah, yes. as much as I don't like him, he is definitely a Hall a, a Hall of Famer.
1: Well of course you don't like him here Broncos. Yeah,
6: but He'll, he yeah, very true.
3: You know, one thing another thing about about Phillip is he's done a lot of his has his success and it was always just him and Gates. Um, if you look at the forty I mean the Chargers and what they've done over the years, he's he's always thrown for three hundred yard or three thousand yards in a season. He's always had thirty 35 touchdowns. So he's kind of like that unsung player that people really don't put in the class with Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. But those guys won the championships, and Philbert Rivers haven't been able to get on that stage. But, you know, and playing in San Diego, now in L.A., <laughs> you know, it's hard to, you know, get on that championship stage. And, you know, I guess he'll be rooting for the Rams to this weekend. <laughs> you you would think. Me
1: would think. And uh, But speaking of that previewing the championship games that are going to be coming up this weekend right you have kansas city and you have new england mark who do you have for that game
3: well as i was kind of scrambling and looking around i mean you know i, I point to two things uh, the one the weather it's gonna be 26 degrees twenty twelve 12 degrees uh, you know <laughs> it's gonna be cold in kansas city i mean oh, yeah. you know both teams are all, uh, weather teams they don't play inside so um i like a good story so out of those last four teams, I like a good story. So is it going to be the Kansas City, Patrick Mahone, MVP story? Or is it going to be the Jared Goff, Sean McVay, Rams story? One of those teams are going to have the story. And it's who 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 has the best story? Is it Kansas City or is it the Rams?
1: Well, see, so here's the thing. I'm going to go with Kansas City for the simple fact that I've been telling people for weeks about this streak that has been going on in the AFC. Five years in a row, the number one seed in the AFC has made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, And I say it will be year number six. I believe in this Chiefs team, Patrick Mahomes, MVP year. Some of the passes he throws is just amazing when you look at it. And then you look at the fact that they have the fastest player in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. You have one of the best tight ends in Travis Kelsey. And their defense has stepped up in this playoffs. They have actually pulled their weight. Yeah. So to me, I say that Tom Brady is not going to make his fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. And I say he will lose to the Kansas City Chiefs yeah
3: and I think a lot of people do want to see Brady I mean you know are you going to see Drew and Brady I mean Breeze and Brady or do you want to see maybe Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff like you know we could you can have that that'll be the super the NFL is about the best storyline and right now you got Brady you got Breeze over 40 that's still playing and able to look at the high level that they're playing at. These both of these teams, yeah, these
1: are both the oldest quarterbacks in the
3: United States. And then you got two of the youngest playing. So, um, between those four, I don't really have a favorite, but I, you know, if I had to bet, it's how you bet if you bet with your heart or you bet with your pocket. Um, if I'm betting with my heart, I would say Kansas City has an edge. If I'm betting with my money, I would say New England.
1: All right, because you know what Tom Brady has done his entire career. Yeah, and he's a
3: he's a supernatural. He's a you know right. he's a he's, you know I, you don't bet on him. Again, you bet with your heart or you bet with your pocketbook. It depends.
1: All right, and then the other thing about this is that eight out of the last ten times a number one seed is facing number two seed in the championship game, the number one seed has won. So that's an eighty percent chance that a number one seed will beat yeah. the number two seed.
3: Yeah, and I, and I think the one thing with that particular game is going to come down to. We got to look at the coaches. You got Andy Reid, who's done it. He's been there. You got Bill Belichick, who's done it on multiple occasions and been there. Um, uh, you know, I, another thing that I think is going to be important is all three phases. Somebody's going who's ever win the kicking game, whoever wins the defensive side, whoever wins the offensive side. I think the team that has all three phases that day will probably win the game if they can complete it on the offense on defense and on special teams. We get lost in the three phases of the game, and I think if the three phases of the game are met, I think one of those teams will be successful.
1: Ethan, who do you got?
6: I have New England winning the game. Um, I feel like they're going to be the team to score first, and facts show that teams who score first usually lead the game the rest of the way and, and usually pull out a win. So if that's the case, I'm taking New England in this game.
3: Right.
1: I would agree if you accept Philly was up 14 nothing last week, and they did lose that game in New Orleans. But it's the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs>
6: they they have butterfingers on their team. I do
5: know. All right, yeah, and so, then
1: uh, you got Stevie. Who do you have for this game?
5: Uh, I like Kansas City. I think they're just slightly the better team, and they're at home. New England's got back class. I, I give them a fighter's chance. You know, This is, what, their eighth straight AFC championship game? Yeah. So they've got back class, but I think Kansas City's just slightly the better team.
1: Yeah, I find it interesting the last time the Patriots was not in a AFC Championship game. It just so happened to be 2010 when it was the Colts and the Jets, which I found was very interesting there.
6: Yeah, the Jets, really? Yeah, Mark
1: Sanchez. Who forgot when he was <laughs> a good quarterback? The guy. Yeah, he was a good quarterback at <laughs> wow. one point. Who knew? But when you go to the NFC Championship game, yet again a number one versus number two. You have New Orleans and you have the Los Angeles Rams. Mark, who do you see winning for this game?
3: Well, a couple of, couple of. Good teams again. A young quarterback, um, Drew Brees, uh, being an older, wise veteran. Sean Payton, McVay. Um, I, this, uh, this to me, it would. A lot of people, reports and things I've been reading, they're looking for a high-scoring game. I got to tell you guys, I, I think something low-scoring, under forty points. I think it's just going to be a kind of a defensive battle. Guys going to uh, have to win the line of scrimmage. I think the line of scrimmage is going to be important. Can we stop the run? Can we stop the screen passes? Because both teams do both real well. And uh, if I had to, again, I, you know, you bet with your heart or you bet with your pocketbook. If I'm betting with my heart, I say to Rams because I'm an L.A. kid. So I say to Rams, um, again, you know, if I'm betting with my pocketbook, it's hard to bet against Drew Brees.
6: Ethan? Um, I'm going to say the Saints only because they are the home team. They, have, they are a really good home team on the road, not so much. But I, I see Drew Brees pulling out this win, and I want to bring something up. Between the two of Drew Brees and Jared Goff, they both have the same amount of touchdowns with 32 touchdowns. But Jared Goff has thrown more interceptions than Drew Brees. Jared Goff has thrown 12 interceptions. Drew Brees has only thrown five this entire season. So if that's the case, I see Drew Brees pulling out this win, and I see the Saints moving on to the Super Bowl.
5: Stevie. I'm going New Orleans again. They're at home. I think uh, you know we, we talked about the, the Jeffries drop. If Jeffries catches that ball, I think Philadelphia scores a touchdown there, and I think they win that game. And I think that game will wake up New Orleans. They know that they got, a, that they got away with one there. And I, I disagree with Mark. I think it will be high scoring because I think New Orleans is going to come out on fire because of that Philadelphia game. They know that they got, they got away with one.
1: Well, see, here's the thing. I did this last week. And I'm gonna do it this week. I'm gonna go against the Saints at home. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. When you're, I look at that, you're the
6: Saints' good luck charm. You bet against them and they win.
1: It uh, would have been the same last year when they faced the Vikings. However, fair enough. When I look at the Rams, that one-two combination, Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson, we saw what they did against the Cowboys and even what they did in Week 17 against the 49ers. They showed a little taste of that as well. When you look at what Anderson and Gurley has done, I think they're gonna do good against the Saints' defense when it comes to the rushing game
3: well well of course they um that's that's going to be the key to to the success if they do win but you look on the other side you got you got Mark Ingram and you got Alvin Kamara that can do just as much and that offensive line again as a player a former player you it starts up front you know we look at the the skilled positions but it starts up front can you block Can you hold your blocks? Can you get pressure on Breeze? So that's going to be another thing that I would say we have to be watching as the game plays and see which offensive line and which defensive line is getting the most pressure, being able to protect, open up holes for the run game. That's another thing to watch. Which offensive line which defensive line is going to be able to step up and take over the game? we got a great defensive line in uh, New Orleans. Got a great defensive line in the uh, Rams with Aaron Donald. That's probably going to be the defensive MVP if, um, you know, if things fall the way they're sp- they supposed to, he might be the defensive MVP at defensive tackle. And then you got uh, Dominic is sued right next to him. They picked up uh, – Fowler from the Jacksonville. I mean, so they have a, a a great defensive line, and then the Saints. So that's something I would watch, guys, as far as watching the game. K- take a look and just pay attention to the offense and defensive line, and see how those uh, those players play.
1: Well, I do pay attention to the defensive line due to the fact that the Saints' defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, did get injured in that Eagles game, which could be a big factor there. I was also considering the fact that the Saints were one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL this year; they were ranked twenty eighth. Yeah. And yeah. they have Marshawn Lattimore. He's great corner. But the rest of their corners are kinda iffy when you think about the Saints. And the fact that the Rams, Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson are both receiving running backs. They can catch the ball and go down the field. Then you got Brandon Cooks, who did great in Super Bowl last year for the Patriots. And then you consider the fact that they also have Robert Woods, who ever since been coming from Buffalo, has been a great talent there as well. So I say that I mean Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson are going to be a great one two duo. But Jared Goff can hold his own against Drew Brees.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be a – again, which storyline do we want to – who do we want to feel we could really talk about going into the Super Bowl? Do we want to talk about the Brady Brees story? Because it will be headlines. Or do we want to talk about the Mahomes and the The Goff story? So the NFL sets up these games into storylines because you take one storyline of – if Mahomes makes it, he wins the MVP – he sets off into the sale. Andy Reid is the best coach uh, next to Belichick if they do go to the Super Bowl. And then you got Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Um, the NFL is about storylines. Sports in general, and not to exclude just the NFL, but it's all about a good storyline. And so I'm going to be looking to see which team is getting the most as far as the storyline go this week.
1: Well, when you look at storylines, I will bring that up because the last time two young quarterbacks faced off against each other in the Super Bowl was – Nineteen ninety nine, Kurt Warner, second year in the league, and Steve McNair was only in his third year in the league. And then two legends. Last time two legends have faced off in the Super Bowl just so happened to be uh, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees almost a decade ago. So I do see your point there about storylines. Like I said, I'm going with the Chiefs and the Rams. I think it's going to be the two young quarterbacks facing off against each other. And based on what I've heard from everybody else, a lot of people are banking on the Saints and the uh, Chiefs. You're going with the... uh, you're going with the Saints and the Patriots. I am.
6: I, yeah. I would love to see older quarterbacks go up against each other because who knows how long Brady's going to be playing. He could be retiring after this year. Let's say he gets one more ring. He could call it quits and start coaching on the sideline as an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach. Who knows?
3: I who mean, knows? I, I
6: will agree with Mark. The NFL is all about a storyline. Mark, let me ask you this question, though. What would you? How would you feel about, say, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes?
3: Well, I mean,
6: I, or I, sorry, Tom Brady and Jared Goff.
3: Tom, Thank you for catching me on that. Yep, yeah. Tom Brady and Jared Goff. I again, that that's a you know, not only does Goff have the opportunity to be a part of the Super Bowl, but um, it's him and Ty Gurley's first year ever being in the playoffs. As a the, and then you got a thirty-eight-year-old coach over there in McVeigh, a young team. I think. If we had to pick a storyline and we you asked me to pick a storyline, which most teams and most people want to see right now, it would be the golf and Brady story because of the Rams, young coach, you got Brady almost retiring, the Bill Belichick. That so that Patriots Rams story may have some juice and you know, looking at the spread, when you got three and a half for both teams, um, as the Saints are favored and the Chiefs are favored, so that you know that just tells you a little bit about how these games are probably going to fall.
1: Well, once you're speaking of the favorites right there, Drew Brees versus Patrick Mahomes, who have been number one and number two in the MVP voting this entire season. Yeah, I mean, having two of the best quarterbacks is something in a Super Bowl that people would love to watch.
3: Yeah, and I again, as the NFL gets, we get closer and closer to the Super Bowl. The storyline that we going to hear is the people talking about. You know, the old guns. So, yeah. And
1: then one final thing because we have Mark Hayes from KSHP yep, here on it. Vegas Sports Hub. So, one I final thing.
3: I'm missing, I'm missing my dinner. <laughs> I'm missing my dinner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my Popeyes in about an hour. So, who will the Philadelphia Eagles keep as their quarterback in 2019? You got Nick Foles, who has led them the last two postseasons, or you got Carson Wentz, who was their second overall pick just three years ago. Mark, I'm going to ask you.
3: Well, looking at the news, looking at the reading articles, um, Doug Peterson has already came out and said it's uh, Carson wins his team. Um, uh, I think Nick Foles has done himself a wonderful job. I think he's accepted his role um, in this offseason. If they do decide not to re-sign him, I think he'll have a, a big payday coming. He will have a big payday coming. Um, and he might be a a, a one-and-done or two-and-done. But Nick Foles has earned the right to some team to open up their playbook and open up their pocketbooks to him. And Carson Wentz, that's his team. Doug Peterson has already made that clear. If um, they want to keep him, they got to pay Foles. If they want to keep him, if they don't, they got to let him go. And hopefully he lands at a team that's willing to pay him because he's done more, right, than a lot of guys that are starting in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of uh, pocketbooks, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call it a team real quick that I think could open their checkbook for Nick Foles, and I think that it would be a team that's coming to Las Vegas in about a year or two if they trade Derek Carr, which a lot of people are uh, assuming at this point. I think the Raiders could do it because it seems like a Raiders move, kind of like an Al Davis move back in the day, you know, to get the Super Bowl winning quarterback in free agency. Yeah.
3: And another thing, too, real quick before, you know, uh, with that fo- whole Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, they've already declined his option as I, you know, read through some of my, uh, my notes here. He had a $20 million option to come back next year, so he will hit the free agent market.
1: Yeah, he does hit the free agent market, but the Eagles always do have the possibility of do of getting him back. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, it, and it's going to be a, a Nick Foles' decision, I think, ultimately. I mean, do he want to stay in his position knowing that, you know, Carson Wentz is vulnerable and he could yeah. he can get injured and he could step in and play or does he want to go and uh collect his money and be a backup?
6: Ethan. See, I I see this going as a three-team deal. I see the Eagles trading Nick Foles to Cincinnati, Cincinnati trading trading Andy Dalton to Denver, and Denver trading shaving off Case Keenum's contract and sending him to Philadelphia.
1: I will say this: How would that trade happen if Nick Foles is a free agent?
6: I don't know. Some somehow it will happen. <laughs> if not, if said, I, I would you, see him going to Oakland.
1: If you said Carson Wentz, I would say that three-team trade would make <laughs> would make sense. But well, Nick, even if
6: you never know, because Nick Foles could sign back to the Eagles, and he the Eagles could say, "Wait, never mind. We don't want you. We're going to see what other options we can get." Right.
1: I do like the Oakland idea because, like I said, I've been saying for months that I think Derek Carr could be a good fit for the New York Giants the way that their system is.
6: So then so. where does Eli go? Does he go to Oakland or does he retire?
1: Oh no, I think Eli joins his old friend Tom Coughlin out there in Jacksonville. But, Stevie, <laughs> what about you?
5: Uh, that's where I think Foles is going. I, I think he's headed to Jacksonville. Uh, secondary choice would be Miami. I think he's going to end up in Florida. Uh, go out to Sunshine State. Absolutely. Well, hey, Marquez, thank yeah, you
1: for no, being on. No, thank you guys, Vegas man. Sports had a good time. Thank it's you.
3: It's been a it's been
1: And when we come back from commercial break, we are going to get into the world of hockey here on Vegas Sports Up.
4: Hi, folks, it's Brian Blessing. Football is back, and we're back in Sunset Station at Club Madrid. It's a great place to watch your favorite NFL action on the big screens. We've got the seat upgrade. We've got jersey giveaways, food and drink specials. Chuck Esposito rolls out the red carpet. It's a great day of football each and every Sunday, inviting you to come join us in Club Madrid at Sunset Station. We do sportsbook radio and Vegas hockey outline from Sunset Station every Friday, weekdays, noon to 2 a.m., 1400 KSHP. Get ready for a double dose of rock and roll with two of the hottest classic rock bands on tour today. Give it everything that she got. April Wine. She's a roller, yeah. The Orleans Hotel and Casino presents classic rockers April Wine and Steelheart. Thursday and Friday, January 17th and 18th. Showtime 9 p.m. I like
2: your rock.
4: April Wine blew out of Canada like a cold wind of heavy metal. I'm back. American band Steelheart was one of the great hair-heavy metal bands of the 90s. Steelheart's new sound is moderate and edgy with overtones of their rock roots. Get your April Wine Steelheart tickets at the box office or call 702-284-7777 or online at orleanscasino.com. Get a taste of April Wine and Steelheart. January 17th and 18th. Only at the Orleans.
1: And welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I am your host, Ian Kelly. We have Ethan hello and we got Stevie here helping me as well I'm still here yeah he's are you? still here uh, Ethan probably does not want to be here but I'm I not about really his next thing
6: I dude that oh my gosh go ahead and just start
1: the Chicago Blackhawks lost to the Vegas Golden Knights this past weekend
6: okay I have a question for both of you why can't the Knights just accept defeat they, <laughs> they, don't they were losing three to one and then had the had the audacity to come back and make it three two. 3-3, three, three, and then win in overtime. Shea Theodore, yeah. I don't care about Shea Theodore. They should have just said, okay, we're losing. That's fine. Let's give the Hawks their first win over us and not go 0-7. No, don't accept
1: defeat. Don't do not do fatality. Don't do that. Don't do Mortal Kombat. I don't
6: care. Chicago needs the win.
1: No, they don't need to win. Yes, they
6: do. The The sad fact that they lost 8-5 to five last night against thing, the Devils.
1: The only thing the Blackhawks need is to get rid of Bowman.
6: Yeah, well, well, that's the only that, thing
1: that's the only thing they really need
6: to do. At that's this point. a given. But still, Vegas was losing. That's that's where it should have ended. Owen 7. Vegas lost to Chicago. All the Chicago fans should be having a party right now, but they're not. They're <laughs> like me and they're laying in bed crying their eyes out. Hey,
1: Owen 7, the same record as Philip Rivers against Tom Brady.
6: Okay, stop talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but speaking of this, I do want to bring up one thing that got my uh, curiosity now, I'm gonna ask this question when it comes to Alex Tuck, Jonathan Mareau, and William Carlson, who do you think will lead their team in points at the end of this season when you look at what they're doing right now?
6: um i I think Tuck will be the leader. He's doing he's playing really well this year as I'm not paying attention to the Knights this year. I'm just going to be honest, I'm paying attention to Chicago. But I really think Tuck with how well he is performing. And he's getting points almost every night. I see him leading the team at
5: the end of the year. I agree. Uh, Tuck, to me, is a superstar waiting to happen. I, he, he's going to be better than Carlson, Marchessault, so, and Ryan. He, he he's going to score like you have never seen that guy score. He is so fast. He is so good with his hands around the net. Um, this guy's going to rack up a lot of points in his career.
1: Well, let's bring up this of Alex Tuck real quick. I thought this was an interesting statistic. 15 goals, 22 assists last season in 78 games. Already this season, 15 goals, 22 assists for Alex Tuck. That being said, if Tuck keeps up this production, is it possible we kind of see a line change between Tuck and Riley Smith, or do you think they would keep Smith on that first line?
5: I think they're going to keep Smith on the first line. I think they're going to leave the first line intact this year. Now, there may be occasions uh, where they, well, they'll swap one or two guys, but for the most part, um, I think it's I think the lines are going to stay as they are this year, and then you know maybe next year Tuck moves up to the top line. But I think right now they're going to stay with what they with the way they have things. And then I'm going to move it to Ethan real quick. I want to ask us about the Blackhawks because okay. this is something the team that he is
1: with. Okay. Alex DeBrinkett, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays. Who do you think will lead the team with points at the end of the year?
6: Uh, well, right now it's Patrick Kane leading the team. But if we're going to the end of the year after the All Star break, I I believe it's actually not going to be one of those three. I think it's going to be Gustafson, hmm. With how well Gustafson is actually playing, he will be the the best on the team. Well, here's the thing. Debrinkit, though. If you watch the oh, last yeah, couple of games, what he's been get doing. Don't get me wrong. Debrinkit is a really good player. I just see Gustafson taking over and leading the team.
1: I, I see your point there. But when I look at Debrinkit, like I said, I think he will lead the team in points. When I look at what his production has been the last couple of games... However, the Blackhawks have lost seven of their first eight games this season, so their production has not been that good.
6: Do you just want to fight me right now, or do you want to wait? Hey, well, let's
1: meet in the parking lot. Let's go. Uh,
6: I'm down. All
1: right, (laughs) so we're going to get off the Blackhawks. I'm going to get off his chest for a second, and I'm going to move on to my debate question for the NHL. I'll start with Stevie. Which team is the best defensively?
5: I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. There are, some, uh, there are some other clubs that have good defenses that I like, but I, I, if you ask me the best one in my opinion right now, I'm going to go Tampa Bay.
6: Ethan? I have to say the Toronto Maple Leafs, I love how well they're performing. They are Their back check is absolutely astonishing, and they're protecting the puck from getting to the net at all costs.
1: Well, for me, I'm going to go with the team that beat the, goal, the Golden Knights tonight 4-1 to one in a uh, – in that game, I'm gonna go with the Winnipeg Jets. You look at uh, Truba, you look at Morrissey, you look at Bufflin when he's on the when he's on the ice. When you look at everything that the Winnipeg Jets have defensively, and then I'll also talk about their goaltender and Con- Connor Hellebuck, who is a very good goaltender. So I'm gonna go with the Winnipeg Jets there when it comes to defensive teams in the NHL. But now I'm also gonna bring up some players that have impressed me right now in the NHL. Now, when I look at some of these players. First off, I just want to say something real quick. Um, when I look at uh, John Tavares, the fact that he scored, what was it, 300 goals in his career? Yeah. He surpassed that this week? Yep. It's been amazing that he did that in his career. It's, I think he's just hit the decade mark because he yes. started around 2009. Yep. So I think Tavares has definitely been a very good player since getting drafted first overall. Definitely there. Then you look at Brett Burns out there in San Jose. Everyone talks about Carlson, or mainly everyone talks about Carlson, but Brett Burns has been a very good defenseman this year.
5: No, Brett Burns, it was his shot from the, uh, from the point that uh, led to the winning goal for uh, San Jose against, um, against the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Brett Burns has been very good for a long time, and he's not slowing down. He, he's still got a lot of years uh, left ahead of him. He, he's outstanding.
1: And then when you look at defensemen, I want to bring up one that is very under, uh, underappreciated, and that is Michael Kempney out there in Washington. To me, he's a defenseman that is very underlooked out there in, in Washington.
6: You know you're just you just committed a sin. You're talking about the Capitals here on a Vegas Golden Knight channel.
1: All right. I mean, I understand they lost the Capitals this year, but I'm going to give credit where credit is
6: due. Oh yeah, I will too. But I mean, I'm just saying.
1: I do like this Kempney kid.
6: Now, every, every Golden Knight fan just gasped as you said Washington.
1: All right, and then I'm going to move on to Colorado. I want to talk about uh, McKinnon real quick. Did you see the argument he had with the coach on, this, I, on the? I um, did not. Yeah, he uh, got into an uh, argument with the coach, on, and it was all on uh, on video. Okay. And uh, here's the thing. I understand coaches and players get into arguments. I yes. understand that. But normally it's in the locker room, or, right. you know, it's not where it can be on air. So I just found that interesting that McKinnon basically lashed out as his coach on the – uh he had Landis near him. I actually had to calm him down for a second. He actually had to grab him and basically calm him down.
6: So You know what? Good for him, though. It shows that he's determined and he wants to win. So the fact that he's willing to – get frustrated, and yell at anything that's moving or breathing, just good for him. He He's showing that he is a team leader. Right. And then
1: I'm also going to move on to Dallas. Ben Bishop out there, a goaltender. I mean, here's the thing about Dallas. I think they are going to be a playoff team by the end of this year. When I look at what Dallas has done this year, Stevie, do you agree?
5: Uh, Just barely because there's no one below them that I believe is going to catch them. I'm not. I'm not I've, I thought Dallas with the new coach would do better this year than than they've done. Uh, I'm not a Ben Bishop guy. Um, I don't know what's going on with uh, Sagan and and um, and Ben. Um, I they're they're going to be in the playoffs, but they're going to be a first round out in my opinion. I agree with you there, Ethan. What do you think about Dallas? I I like
6: him. I I feel like Jamie Ben's going to be traded though. I mm. I see him being traded after everything that the whole argument and everything even the coaching staff has said that they don't want him okay where do you think he'll go i see that's a tough one maybe maybe calgary that i that's just a guess it's not even a, i don't i never really looked into where he might go i just heard that he might be traded
1: well i mean there's a team i think they could possibly do and that's the winnipeg jets when you look at what they have in terms who
6: would of they the... want for him though
1: well, see, that's a tough thing to say. But when I look at rosters and I look at like what they can do in terms of the top line, I mean, maybe Winnipeg. But yet again, I don't really know what they could give up for them. Maybe draft picks, but
6: maybe draft it. picks and a couple of AHL prospects.
1: That could be a possibility. I will say something that popped up because I was looking up hockey uh, hockeyfights dot <laughs> and I actually thought this is a very interesting statistic. And this will be Ooh. my trivia question of the week. Okay. Name this current active. NHL player who has been 18 and 0 since 2015 in NHL fights. So I'll go on Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub or Instagram Vegas Sports Hub or a Facebook page Vegas Sports Hub and answer that question. Can you name the active NHL player who has been 18 and 0 in fights since 2015?
6: That's a good one. I honestly don't know who that I, would be. I mean, you, I
1: mean you're mean, you probably going to guess Dano Char, right?
6: Well, yeah, I would guess him because he's been in a ton of fights. It would either be him or. Brent Burns. Brent Burns is a fighter.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do say Brent Burns, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously not um, McLeod from the Rangers because he got knocked out by uh, Reeves uh, <laughs> last week.
6: Yeah, no, he went night-night. Right. By
1: the way, I also <laughs> found this out, by the way, because I was looking up on this website. Do you know Sandy Crosby has been in nine career fights?
6: Crybaby Crosby's been in fights?
1: He's been in nine career fights. I did not know this.
6: See, I thought he would just, like, cower on the ice and just cry to the refs. And he's
1: even won two of them. How is that even possible?
5: Uh, the other guy had to fall down accidentally.
6: Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> and it was uh, Brandon Dubinsky, by the way, so shame on him.
6: That he lost to?
1: Brandon Dubinsky was, I think, the last fight he's been.
6: Oh, my god. The last gosh. fight was
1: Brandon Dubinsky.
6: So, yeah, no, he definitely fell to the ice just as a, I'm done. I don't want to see this guy anymore. Right.
1: And then one final thing before we move on to our uh, baseball segment to end the show. I want to talk about the Kachucks. They must love Canada. You had Keith Kachuk out there in Winnipeg, and then you had the brothers out there in Ottawa and... Calgary. I like these guys.
5: I also like them. Keith played in Anaheim, too, did he not?
1: Uh, he played with Winnipeg. He played in Arizona, and I think he played in St. Louis.
5: Okay. It must have been Arizona. I remember him. I, did, I didn't remember him at Winnipeg. The, this is the thing about the Kachucks. The, 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 the two kids that are, that are playing now, they will get under your skin, and, and they will agitate you, and they will get you off your game, and that's what they're all about, and I love them for that. I would, lo- I would love to have them on my team.
6: Oh, definitely. Yeah. They're they're very feisty brothers. I, if you could get them both on the same team, oh, watch out! That yeah, oh, yeah exactly. That, yeah, that team would be a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. You would just have injuries left and right. Wait, hold
1: on just imagine all the entire family on one line though.
6: That would that, would just, that would just be deadly. Wait, would you put the put uh, his wife on there too? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I just, You know what? Whenever I watch uh, one of these two guys play, either Ottawa or uh, Calgary, I, I just think of Keith sitting on his couch at home just smiling from ear to ear. Yeah. He's got to be loving it.
6: Yeah, I just can't wait for them to injure Crosby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that's Ethan, uh, folks. Hello. So when we come back from Vegas Sports Hub, we're going to get into baseball, and we're going to talk about the offseason and everything that's going on in MLB. So we'll be right back on Vegas Sports Hub.
4: Since 1937, Krispy Kreme Donuts has been delighting its customers with their hot, fresh-glazed goodness. Delicious donuts made fresh to order all day long. Enjoy a variety of incredible creations like their chocolate-iced raspberry-filled, strawberry-iced with sprinkles, or the classic original glaze. Krispy Kreme is a great way to fundraise for your organization. Stop in and try one of their signature iced coffees or blended drinks. They go great with donuts. Be sure to check them out online at KrispyKreme.com. That's KrispyKreme.com. Taste the joy that is Krispy Kreme. Lover Boy. Classic rock reigns at the Orleans Hotel and Casino with the return of Canadian rockers, Lover Boy. Working for the weekend. Join us in the Orleans showroom for Loverboy. Saturday and Sunday, January 19th and 20th. Showtime, 9 p.m. You want a piece of my heart? Loverboy, live at the Orleans. It's Arena Rock at its best with Hit after Platinum Hit with Loverboy. Get your Loverboy tickets at the box office or call 702-284-7777 or online at orleanscasino.com. Tickets are going fast. Get yours now to see Loverboy live. January 19th and 20th.
1: Only at the Orleans.
2: The Sports Hub presents This Day in Sports History. In
1: 1997, Chicago Bulls forward Dennis Rodman kicked cameraman Eugene Amos during a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Rodman was suspended for 11 games and had to pay almost $200,000. In 1994, Dallas Mavericks dropped a 104-87 game to the San Antonio Spurs to set a NBA record with their 17th consecutive home loss. In 1990, Detroit Tigers signed first baseman Cecil Fielder, who spent his previous season in Japan. In 1987, Boston Celtics forward Larry Bird was named Man of the Year by Sporting News and Associated Press. In 1972, World Heavyweight Champion Joe Frazier beat Terry Daniels in four rounds to retain his WBC and WBA titles. In 1964, MLB executives voted to held a free agent amateur draft known as the Major League Baseball First Year Player Draft in New York City. And in 1942, U.S. President FDR sent his green light letter to MLB commissioner encouraging baseball players to continue playing during World
2: War II. This has been Sports Hubs This Day in Sports History.
1: And welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host Ian or Kelly, Ethan, Stevie, and uh, we're going to talk about baseball because you know it's starting to heat up here in the uh, baseball world. We're
6: pretty close to spring training.
1: Very close. We're going to be about a month and a half away. That's crazy.
6: It feels like it just ended.
1: Well, that's the thing about baseball. I mean it ends and then you got the off season, you have winter meetings, and then you have the big free agents that normally sign in January, and then you got spring training. You got Kyler Murray. I want to talk about this first real quick. He declared for the NFL draft. But there is a thing that has been reported that if he wanted to, he could go back and sign with MLB if he chose to. That option is not off the table. But if you're Kyler Murray, who is projected to be a first round pick, by the way. When you look at what he can do in the NFL and what he can do in MLB, where do you see him going, Ethan?
6: I still see him going to the MLB. Uh, Like we talked about last week, you don't have 300-pound linebackers running at you or defensive ends running at you. So if he's playing in the outfield, he'll stay longer in the MLB. He'll have a highly successful career. So I still see him going to the A's or – yeah. the A's basically because that's who wants to draft him. So I still see
5: him going to the MLB.
1: uh, Stevie, what would be your thoughts on that?
5: Uh, I agree, MLB. Um, I heard is he only five seven? Yeah,
1: he's a very short guy.
5: Yes. I I didn't realize that. I thought he was a tick taller than that. I I don't see an NFL quarterback at five seven. I I just don't think it's possible. No, I he mean I know Russell Wilson's
1: short, but he's not that short. Well,
5: so. No. So could Kyler Murray play another position in the NFL, or is he just a quarterback? He
1: is just a quarterback.
5: All right. Although he could train to be a running back.
1: Or a wide receiver like Terrell Pryor was. All
5: right. I I think he plays MLB. That's what I would do. I say
1: he is MLB, but at the same time, this is kind of a negotiation tactic. Think about it. He wants $15 million from the Oakland Athletics when his original contract was 4.6. If Oakland lets in, which I believe they will, then he would be getting a MLB contract right off the bat.
6: Well, if that's the case, then he would definitely have to play in the majors to start out.
1: Well, the way I look at it, if he was paid that, I say he would he would be in Double A AA or Triple A instead of going immediately to the majors. Because the three la, the last three times a player has gone from the draft immediately to MLB, it has failed miserably because they are not ready. They're not. They're too young in that process. That's why you go through the minors.
6: Right. I, I agree with that, and I, I definitely see him. If he gets this $15 million, He's just he's a young guy, so he'll just spend it all as soon as he gets it and then realize, hey, I'm not that good as I thought I was. I probably should have played minor league, triple-A, double-A, AA, and his career would just be shot to hell, basically. Right,
1: exactly. We're going to move on to a player that, well, two players, Manny Machado received an eight-year, $250 million contract from the Chicago White Sox. A team who, by the way, signed John Jay, who's one of his friends. You have Willington Castillo, who uh, was with him in Baltimore. And then you got Yo got uh, Johan McConda, who, by the way, is uh, one of the best White Sox players on the team and has relations to Manny Machado.
6: So do you think he bites and signs with them?
1: I honestly believe he will. I think that when it comes to Manny Machado and the Chicago White Sox, I think that was almost a done deal. I mean, think about eight. I mean, $250 million is that a lot of money. Well, I mean, for me anyway, Manny Machado might be, you know...
6: He might a, be stingy uh, enough to molt more.
1: Yeah, he might be stingy. And then we have Bryce Harper. He met with the Philadelphia Phillies for five hours in Las Vegas this weekend. But if you look at his Twitter account, he's confusing everybody. He's confusing Ethan. He's confusing me. He's confusing the hot dog vendor that's right across the street. But when you look at what Bryce Harper's doing... Ethan, I'm going to ask you, where do you think he's going to end up?
6: I I have to go with what I said last week. I still think he would sign to the Angels. Just for the fact that we did see on his Twitter, he posted something about snowboarding, something about surfing, and something about golf. Now, I, I'm i going to be honest. How far is Brian Head from LA or Anaheim?
5: Uh, boy, it's just, I don't know, like 10 hours driving time? Right. Well,
6: he is rich, so he could probably fly there for, like, cheaper. Okay. So, right. there you go. He would he would have a place to uh, snowboard. He He's close to the beach, so that's where he can snowboard or surf. 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 And yeah. then surf the Angels surf. rarely make postseason, so golf courses are pretty well known to Well, I mean, be if around. you have
1: Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, who are two of the best players in the world, I think you're going to make the playoffs more than once in every five years.
6: You, you, They might, or you could be surprised, and they, and they
1: don't. And have Otani, too, that Japanese sensation as well. So don't forget about that. Stevie, what about you?
5: Well, I'm confused now because I heard at the winter meetings that uh, he was looking at the White Sox, but now the White Sox have offered Machado this deal. So my, my guess is um, maybe not. And he's well, talked to the Phillies. Uh, you, you would think, you know, being from here, he would look at uh, Anaheim or Los Angeles. But I haven't heard him talking to them. I I don't know where I have right well, now. Well, see, I don't here's know. the
1: thing about the White Sox is that it is possible for them to sign both. They, it would be it would be very. I don't think it's going to be likely, but it's still very possible. You okay. know, in terms of the money.
6: Are you just saying that because you're a Cubs fan?
1: I'm saying that because, well, first off, why would anyone want to go to the Black Sox anyway? Because you know, they're the Chicago Black Sox. They're on the worst side of Chicago.
6: That's also where the Bears are, by the way. Don't remind me.
1: But when it comes to uh, Chicago, I understand the Cubs are not going to be in it. I was not one of those Cubs fans who was like, oh, we're going to get them. No, I was not one of those guys. Tell that to your
6: Twitter followers.
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely will. I've tweeted it multiple times. I think I've gotten blocked. Anyway, (laughs) when it comes to Bryce Harper, I see it going to the Phillies, and I see Machado to the White Sox. Ethan, where do you see both of them very quickly?
6: Well, I see Machado probably going to the White Sox and I see Harper going to the Angels.
5: Stevie? I'll go with what you said. I'll go Phillies and White Sox.
1: All right. Well, this was Vegas Sports Hub. I am your host, Ian R. Kelly. We have Ethan and Stevie who are helping me out. Now, go follow our social medias. We have our Facebook page, Vegas Sports Hub, our Instagram, Vegas Sports Hub, and our Twitter, at Vegas Sports Hub. I try to post every day, or we try to post every day anyway. And then we have our website that just got up and running, www.vegassportshub.com. Go check out our website. I post articles, and I post new content on there all the time. So go check it out. Thank you for tuning in to Vegas Sports Hub. We will be back next week to talk about the hottest takes in the sports world. I'm Ian Kelly signing out. Peace.
0: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Senate Judiciary Committee is continuing to hear from President Trump's nominee to be the next Attorney General of the United States. One of the things Barr said today was that he's a fan of Robert Mueller.
4: I have known Bob Mueller for 30 years. We worked closely together throughout my previous tenure at the Department of Justice. We've been friends since. And I have the utmost respect for Bob and his distinguished record
1: of public service.
0: Also going on in Washington, Republicans sat down and had lunch with the president